Welcome back to Requesting Good Company. Welcome. This is our first installment of our new series of career development, where we highlight different opportunities. Today we have Dustin Robinson, who was my realtor, who helped me and my wife find our location, our home, our nest egg. Stay with us on this journey as we travel through multiple careers, and hopefully you learn something. Hopefully help you all. Maybe somebody's out there been looking for a career development, career change. Maybe... Realty is something you've been thinking about. Maybe it's something you want to do in your home life. Well, stay tuned. We got a sniper for you. Dustin, I appreciate having you with us today. I just, uh, we want to start this conversation about um, growing our community and helping others see career paths that they might see other people do and wonder how, how can I get into this? So I appreciate you being on here, being my realtor, being my yeah, guy, helping me yeah, yeah. Here find our home. Um, oh. so <laughs> I just want to ask a question of like how you became a realtor um, in the first place like how did it all pan out for you to become the successful realtor that you are today yeah yeah I mean you know you know, becoming a realtor just uh, you know again if I, if I go back kind of even further I mean I used to work with my uncle um, who managed apartments off Six Mile and Breckenridge and when I was working with him, you know, I mean, I would help him with the management of the property, but then we would also go in and do renovations of the property. He was showing me how to do a lot of things, you know, how to change plumbing, how to change electrical, how to do, you know, drywall and painting and all these things. And so that's kind of like my, my, my first uh, taste of it at that time. And then when my wife and I, you know, started looking for a house for our first house, that really kind of you know, got me uh, just interested in real estate again. And just the realtor that we had, I was just so impressed. He knew, like, I thought my dad knew a lot about houses and he, and he does, but like this realtor, he knew everything about houses. And I was like, man, that is just awesome. Like, how does he know so much about houses? And, and so when it came to the time where I, I was trying to make a decision on like, what career I was going to go in, what I was going to be, um, real estate just really seemed to fit my personality seemed to fit where I was in life. Uh, and then, yeah, so, but, you know, to where I'm at now, the way that, you know, there, there was growth. I mean, for one, the Lord is very kind. He's been very kind and, and, and blessed us, but he also blesses hard work. You know, he blesses putting in the, the time because this wasn't me working three hours a week, right? I mean, this is me working 60 hours a week, taking whatever deal I could get. It didn't matter if it was a $7,000 house, you know, it didn't matter the price of it. It didn't matter who it was. It was like, hey, I'm going to take it because this is what I'm in business to do. Do you think whatever happened to you at the pawn shop, if that wouldn't have pushed you into that uncomfortableness, that you would have took this route? Yeah, I mean, I think that so I, I kind of do want to give the, maybe the full story of the pawn shop thing at the end, because, um, you know, I, I was a pretty new Christian uh, maybe I, I had been saved for about a year and a half when I was working at this pawn shop with these two pretty young guys who owned it. And they, you know, they claimed to be Christians as well. And they, um, you know, they came in one day and then they said, Hey, we, we want to talk to you uh, about the, the business. And I'm like, okay. And he was like, the older brother was like, Hey, I, I had a dream last night. And I'm like, okay, what's the dream? He's like, God told me it's time for you to move on. And I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't know what that means. He's like, I don't know either. He just told me it's time for you to move on. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna take the rest of the day off today, guys, and I'm gonna come back tomorrow and see if you still feel that way. <laughs> okay, you know. 
if God's um, still talking. <laughs> yeah, God's still talking to you or not, you know. And so, like, I, I went, I left that day. I went to Churchill Downs. They had some, like, event or something. I just kind of went there to clear my head. Um, I didn't know what else to really do. And I was just like, what am I going to do? Because I didn't really have any backup plan at that point. I had left a more secure job to to kind of go to the pawn shop with with these two guys. And then, um, you know, so, but, but real estate kind of, I was like, man, I've kind of had that itch a little bit to get into real estate, see what it's all about. And so I did that. And I kind of looked into it that night online and said, what, you know, what, what does it take to get your real estate license? And, you know, what it took was getting, you know, the licensing done, which at that time was only 48 hours of like classwork, which really isn't that much, right? Uh, now it's 96. Uh, they have doubled the requirement and there's now post licensing education that I'm grandfathered into that I don't have to take, thankfully. So <laughs> um but yeah, but yeah so I, I went in the next day next day to those guys. I just said, hey, because I actually had a small portion of the business, like I own a small portion of the business, and I said, Hey, if you guys just pay me out the rest of the year, I'm not gonna work. You can have back the portion of the business that I have, uh, and we'll call it we'll call it even. So they they were able to to pay me out the rest of the year. Like I said, I was still hustling on the side too. And then I just was like, all right, I need to hustle and get my real estate license because when people get their license, generally speaking, they don't, they don't make their first sale for six months. It takes a, a pretty bit long time to kind of get your get in because there's so many people that get into real estate and then get out. Mm-hmm. And so people were scared to commit to somebody because they're like, oh, yeah, my uncle was a realtor. My cousin was a realtor. My best friend was a realtor. And they didn't last. And so it's hard for people to, to, to give you that trust until you're in there for a decent amount of time. So they know that you really you know know what you're talking about and serious about it. So the turnover rate and the turnover rate in real estate sounds like it's a high turnover rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a few people who will sit there and stick it out. Yeah, so the statistics are that four out of five people won't be in the business after two years, right? So if you started today, you know, you have an 80% chance of not making it two years. And then, you know, once you make it two years, out of those people who make it past two years, only about 50% of them are in it after seven years, right? Because a lot of people go through just a burnout or go through like this, this, this job is hard. There's a lot of hours you have to put in that are, that's on holidays, that's at nights and weekends and things like that so if you're trying to have a family you're trying to do those things it can be difficult to navigate and to balance those those things after being in this in nearly a decade um what do you think the cause of that is is you think it's the company or is it just it's just in real estate that's just how it is or the drive of the person or if it's the individual well, I, I think the barrier to entry into the, you know, into real estate is is pretty low. Like I said, it's only 96 class hours. So I think a lot of people see that and they say, hey, there's not a, a huge cost to it. You know, to get going, it would cost you, you know, schooling, licensing, everything, about 2,500 bucks. All right. So you're going, hey, I, c- I can basically try to go run a business for $2,500 in a month or two of schooling or something, right? So you have that pretty low barrier to, to entry, I think is what the cause is. But even Seminent, who has almost 500 agents, who's who trains better than anybody, who teaches better than anybody, who has been around for a long time, we're not much better than, than the market. We're about 
of people who don't make it past two years. So we're about 5% better than the market, which, so even still though, um, I think that that it's just the how easy it is to get in and how, I, how hard it actually is to make money. So that kind of leads me into the next question of like, what does a day-to-day look like for you as a, as a realtor? Like, I know there's long nights because yeah. we've had multiple conversations at 4 a.m. talking about, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending you this house all hours of nights. I know he's looking at his phone like, Avery, if you don't quit sending me messages, <laughs> he just got that house fever we were just talking about. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Avery definitely had that house fever for sure. But no, I mean, again, I mean, and I understand it and I want to respect people of that because I've gotten it. I know what it feels like. Uh, and I want to try to respond to them, you know, as, as, you know, quickly as I can. But I mean, the day-to-day life of a realtor, uh, if, if you're, if you're a pretty busy realtor, I mean, if you're selling, you know, 30 homes a year or more, then um, your day-to-day is looking like, you know, there might be an inspection, there might be an appraisal or something that you have to be a part of. Uh, you're showing houses, you might be going on a listing appointment, you might be meeting contractors. So it's a lot of you going to closings, you're out a lot. You're, you're, go- I mean, you're in the car a lot. It's hard not to get McDonald's. Okay. I mean, it's just hard like to actually have a good routine of eating and uh, throughout the day. Now, that's that's when you that's when you're working like in your business, right? But then you got to work on your business, which is advertising yourself because you are the product, you are the service, right? Like I work for Simon Insure, and Simon Insure does offer certain benefits of being there, but you didn't work with me because I worked for Simon. You worked with me because it was a referral mm-hmm. from somebody you liked and trusted, and so so I am the product and I am the service, and so you have to sell yourself that way, and so you have to figure out how to do that. And a lot of people have really struggled with that too, because that means that they got to call somebody. Some people are just like, I don't even want to pick up the phone and call somebody and see how they're doing. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm like, because I'm a little extroverted, it's a little easier for me. I'm from Louisville, so I have a data, you know, a database already kind of set up here and just people that I can call upon. But you know, some people try to get into real estate and they just moved here. They don't know anybody, and that's really hard to do. How difficult was it to get people to trust you when you first got started? How did you balance that in 2014? Like when you first got into this with people, you know, having that hesitance of it? Yeah, I mean, so when I first started, my my very first deal was I walked into a Cash America pond because like I said, I used to buy video games and stuff from them and then sell it on eBay. And I had my name badge on, you know, it said Simon and I'm talking to the manager, um, you know, buying, I'm checking out. He goes, oh, you're a realtor. I'm like, yeah. He's like, good, because I need to sell my house. You want to come check it out tonight? And that was it. That, that was my first deal. Just so happened to walk in and, and meet this guy, right? You know, the second deal was I was a, a, a hosted an open house. So a lot of times when you have an experienced agent who has a lot of listings, um, they're not the ones holding the house open, right? They have other agents hold it open for two reasons. One, because, um, you know, maybe they're holding another house open already. And so they don't, you know, they can't do it. And for two, most of the time, we're not selling the house at the open house. We're trying to gain clients at open houses because mm-hmm. people who feel comfortable going, coming into an open house, they're usually unrepresented or something. And so you're trying to pick up those those people. And so that's what I did. That was my next client was, hey, these people that I met at an open house, they, they didn't know I was brand new. They didn't ask me. I didn't tell them. And, yeah. you know, I, I helped them. I helped them buy. Right. And so. Nuggets. and so you know the first two or three years i mean i I just took everything 
there's some realtors, even in my office, even today, that will not go to Dixie Highway. I promise you. Okay. They grew up on the East End. They live in the East End. They ain't going to go to the, the Dixie Highway. That's like so far away to them. All right. I'll take that $120,000 buyer. I mean, you know what I mean? Like this is, is it um, because of the money that they will make out there that's not as much as a house that would be on the East End of Louisville, Kentucky? Uh, so, so the, the silly thing about real estate is, you know, the com the com the commissions are based on percentages, right? And so, if you're selling a six hundred thousand dollar house, you're going to make more money than if you're selling a hundred thousand dollar house, right? And so that's definitely part of it. But also, a hundred thousand dollar house is usually harder to sell because it's maybe less desirable. It might not have the same updates or upgrades that a six hundred thousand you know more expensive house is going to have. Right. The sellers may not have money to fix anything. The buyers may not have money to fix anything if there's anything wrong. Whereas if it's a more expensive house, generally speaking, the sellers might have money to do things. The buyer might have money to do things. And it's a nicer house. And so, you know, a lot of times realtors will say, hey, it's not worth my time to 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 do that. Or they're just like, hey, I'm concentrating on a specific area. Some some agents do concentrate on specific areas. Uh, I just wasn't one of them. I was like. It didn't matter if it was in Jefferson County or Shelby County or, I mean, I've even gone to Meade County or Henry County to to help people out. That kind of, like, segues into another question about, like, since you said you sell houses in all areas, mm -hmm. is there a difference that you see in the rural and urban areas of selling a house? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, expectations are different in, in an urban area than they are than in, like, a rural area as far as even um, updates and upgrades. And um, a lot of times, let's say in Bullitt County or Oldham County, things move a lot slower too, as far as just the realtors who are there or the appraisers that are there, um, they're just slower, right? In Jefferson County and in, in Louisville, we're like, no, we want it now, we want it today and it's gonna happen today. In Oldham County or Bullitt County, they might be like, yeah, they might, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get around to it. Eventually. Uh, yeah, so I mean that, that's kind of I think the, maybe the the biggest difference. But as far as um, desirability, I've seen especially since COVID, a lot of people who have desired to go outside of the county to just to 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 have space, to have land. To I've just heard so many people over the last three years uh, just talk about how they want land now. I mean, nobody wanted it before, and everybody wants it. Um, so I don't know what COVID struck into people to make them want that much space is there anything new from last year that has changed in the um i guess the market of realtor realtoring that's not a word yeah <laughs> in the market of housing and stuff yeah yeah i mean so we obviously had a, a huge i say obviously but i mean like we've had a huge increase in interest rate right like the mortgages you know last year at this very time you could you could buy a house for about you know three and a half or four percent interest rate you know, today it's going to be in the sixes and maybe seven, depending on credit score and things like that. So like the interest rate has really, really slowed down people from, you know, being able to buy because if the interest rate is a lot higher, that just lowers their buying power because, you know, that same $300,000 house costs more money with a higher interest rate. And so that's kind of like the biggest change, biggest shift that has happened, you know, in the last year. Also, you know, like year over year, around this time last year, we had about a thousand active listings in our market. Right now we have about 1,800. So, I mean, that's a pretty large increase in, in, in one year. 
to have to have that much. And so, and actually, most of that increase happened within about a three month time. Um, and so that three months, everybody was freaking out. Every realtor was like, am I even going to have a job next year or whatever? And they're just freaking out because all of a sudden just the whole market came to a screeching halt when interest rates just kept climbing and kept going up. Is there any advantages of not buying a home? Yeah, I, th I think it's in some scenarios. So, so the church that I go to, uh, it is a very transient church. A lot of people come into town to go to seminary here, and then they plan to be here, you know, three to five years, and then plan to go back. There's a lot of times it doesn't make sense for them to buy homes because of just the responsibility of a home. You know, water heater goes out, a roof, you know, gets taken off by some wind or whatever. Like, that's just extra things to worry about if you're only here for a short period of time. But if you plan to be in Louisville for a lifetime, just from a just from a wealth standpoint, it, it is it is wise to purchase a home. You you can just look at historical data of people who purchase homes versus people who rent, and you know there's that. But with all that being said, um, you know there's definitely a time for renting. There's definitely a place for renting, and I think that um, you know if if it's a a single older person and they're just like, hey, I don't want to deal with maintaining a house anymore or something i mean that 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 makes sense and i think it's okay to do that but just from um you know again from a wealth standpoint i think that purchasing a home i mean if you purchased a home in the last six or seven years um you know your equity has increased so much in the last six or seven years people who bought houses in 2015 for 120 or selling them for 300 Right. And they and, and some of them didn't do anything to their house. They lived in it for six or seven years. Right. And so, you know, when you're not getting that with renting. <laughs> Is there any literature or other forms of like documents that you would suggest for someone who's looking to buy a house or or someone who's in the market of selling houses? I'm not sure there's any. I mean, so what I do offer up to people when when I'm first meet with them is if they want a sample contract, because all Louisville realtors use the same exact contract. It's, it's written by attorneys. It's a seven page contract. It's like really complicated. There's a lot of contingencies in it. There's a lot of legalities in it. Um, and so some people like to look at those things. Most people don't. Most people are just like, no, nah, I don't even understand half of it anyways. I'm, I don't, you know, that's why I hire the, hire the realtor. Right, just to understand those things. Um, so I'll, I'll give those to people. But there's like you know a lead-based paint. You know, there's radon. There's you know th maybe things about asbestos, things like that that we do have forms for. We do have things that we can you know give in people information about. Those are helpful, especially for first-time home buyers, uh, just to know that hey, like some of this stuff is out there and it does exist and it can be harmful to you. There's a book out there for, you know, somebody who's looking to be a realtor. I've given it out because I think it's the I think it's the most accurate depiction of what a realtor is. And it's called 21 Things I Wish My Broker Told Me. And, you know, the five people I gave it to, only one of them became a realtor after they read it. So it's, it's, it's like I said, it's pretty real on it. And it's almost maybe because I never want to, like, you know, get somebody unexcited about, you know, getting into real estate, but also want them to have the, like the true depiction, not the HGTV right. portion of it. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, words of encouragement, I, I do encourage people to um, just, just, just kind of, you know, put themselves out there and, and go for it when it comes to, you know, real estate, because th there's so many different types of realtors. I mean, there are introverts, there's extroverts, there's nerdy people, there's party people. There's, I mean, there's, you can do it in so many different ways. And, and I think that it's just, it's the most exciting career that I've ever had. It's the most fun thing I ever do. You can make a lot of money doing it. You can make a lot of friends doing it. I mean, it is really just a, a fun thing. And then, oh, by the way, if you do, if you just do the right thing and work hard, man, you're going to be really fulfilled by helping people achieve their dreams, achieve their goals of home ownership or investing, you know, being an investor, those type of things. And so that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what gets me excited. You know, that's what gets me excited to even talk about it with you guys uh, is just thinking about, man, this is going to lead to maybe somebody else being able to buy a home, have somebody else being able to invest into their future. We appreciate everything that you've said for our viewers and for us. <coughs> we appreciate you even coming on to requesting good company. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll leave your contact information for anybody in the um, chat or anybody on our uh, subscribers that want to get in touch with you and either buy a house or get into uh, being a realtor. That's right. And I appreciate you and everything you've done for me and my family. We requested good company and good <laughs> company was what we received.